Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It's almost time for Tennessee Tuesday with Tony Basilio. But first, a few words on complete service heating and air. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williamson counties so normally we talk to uh, tony basilio in knoxville and of course he is a sports talk show host in knoxville but he is the pennsylvania version right now uh traveling with his son who he's picking up uh to bring back home for the christmas holidays tony you were really nice to do it this way thank you Hey, George, it's always a pleasure, and uh, my best to you at this holiday season, my friend. Absolutely, and the same to you and yours. Does your son stupidly want to get into our business? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, did, I did my show today live on the air, and I let him have a headset microphone so he could listen. And I said, you, you want to say something? And he said, during a break and he goes no i have no interest in doing that thank you <laughs> he's a smart kid as i he's tell very smart as i tell people who are considering this get out before you get in that's right get 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 out before the bug bites you now in the coaching front however uh in our business george there's no money the coaching front there is a pot of there is a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow now. Yeah. But let me ask you this, Tony. Would you not agree that right now the happiness meter for the coaches is at an all-time low? How could you possibly, if you're a normal person, aspire to major college football right now? Every fan base, right, pays these guys more than they should be paid. We all know that every fan base thinks they should be better than they are. Every fan base in the SEC is saying, why are we not the champions? And there can only be one champion every year. And generally, generally, it's one of two schools. So that's no, nah, that's that's a fool's errand, as they say, except for your bank account. Wow. OK, do we have the uh, the picture Billy of Franklin Field. Yes, we do. Okay, we're looking at Tony yes. a picture of a place that I got to walk in in 1985. Mm. CM Newton and I walked in Old Franklin Field, which yes. was the site of the 1960 NFL title game. I think it was the mm -hmm. Eagles and the Green Bay Packers. So I just sort of out of nowhere tossed that at you yesterday. Tell me what they're doing with this great old place. So they're 
they're renovating that that beautiful stadium there on Penn's campus, and they're doing all kinds of upkeep to it, and they're not letting it go and become, you know, dilapidated or anywhere close to being knocked down. They're preserving that cathedral of football and of sports. You know, the Penn relays held in there and held there in the spring. Yep which is a big thing in the track and field world. It's like hallow ground in the track and field world. And uh, that stadium is every bit. It's historic and cool looking as it feels. And the Palestra is also on Penn's campus, which is one of the more storied, tradition-rich buildings. If you're a hoops junkie and you're anywhere near Philadelphia, you really owe it to yourself to pop your head in Franklin Field over on the University of Pennsylvania's campus, and also that palestra, that that little um, stadium or the, the basketball arena, it just reeks of tradition. And George, you told me you had the uh, back in the day, and I, I can only imagine what that felt like headset on or to be in front of a microphone in that building. I loved it. It was that and Madison Square Garden were two that I yeah. really wanted to be able to do a game from. And I was fortunate enough uh, to be able to to call something in both of those buildings. Watson, you ever been in Franklin Field? No, but some of my fondest memories, guys, Tony, my first two football games to ever watch on television I was very young in Cookville, watched the Baltimore Coats and the New York Giants. When Johnny Unanis takes them down the field, Alan Amici scores the winning touchdown late. And my second game to ever watch football game was the Philadelphia Eagles and the Green Bay Packers for the championship. And I was devastated. I was pulling for the Green Bay Packers so hard. I was pulling against you, Tony. Of course, you weren't around then. But isn't that amazing that I'm looking at that stadium right now, and that's the second football game that I ever watched full all the way through on television in my life. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty neat. And, you know, in that game, Chuck Betnerick laid on top of, I want to say it was Taylor, and he told him at that point, or it might have been Horning, but whatever rate, he said, uh, as they counted down, he laid on him the last couple seconds of the game and said, it's okay, you SOB, you can get up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that and, at all. I'd say that's true. <laughs> that's a old great concrete story. Charlie. Yeah, so I'll tell you, George, I saw uh, the last professional game in that building. I saw the Philadelphia Stars play the um, – Birmingham Stallions in that oh, building, yeah. and the Stallions had Joe Cripps and all those guys. And um, I'll tell you, seeing a game in that place was absolutely magical. Now, of course, that was a July day. It was a million degrees. It was summer of 1984. The, the Stars moved to Baltimore the next year. But um, it was – we went down the field after the game – and we're milling around the players. I was 17 years old at the time, and I remember that like it was absolutely yesterday. That's a beautiful little venue there. It really is. I love it. I love hearing this. Watson? Last thing, George, I'd Go say ahead. to yeah. last thing I'd say to you and Tony about this is it it's sad that a lot of these old stadiums are going away. Yep. I'm glad to hear yep. that they're redoing that one. The one that I 
when first went to UAB, Legion Field, it's slowly now going away. Yeah. A lot of these mm. old stadiums, and it, if we can redo any of these old ones, man, I'm 100% behind it. Well, that's such a great point, right? I mean, I don't understand. If you ever walk into Wrigley Field, you can literally feel the past generations in that place. You can feel it. And I don't understand why we've got to tear all these buildings down. That means so much to so many people where so many memories are made. I understand wanting to refurbish things and kind of get them up to modern specs and this, that, and the other. But gosh, walking into that, uh, I'm telling you guys, walking into that, we went to a game last week, uh, Saturday, a week, from sa- a week ago Saturday. It's all Penn and Temple play. And my brother turned to me and he said, this is incredible. Feel it in here. Yeah. And there were a bunch yeah. of Temple people in there cheering, a bunch of Penn people. You know, and it, it was just college sports. It, it wasn't all about the money. You know, it wasn't like two money-rich, high-paid coaches and programs. It was just the competition for the sake of the competition in a beautiful building. And there's still something to be said for that in my mind. Amen. Well, and George, uh, Tony, what were the two top arenas, George, that were just voted on in college basketball? Kansas and and Cameron Indoor. They're both old places that have all the memories, and they were voted the top two arenas in college basketball as of today. It tells we ought to all listen to that and understand. It's just like Vanderbilt Memorial Gym, George. I, I'll never want that place torn down. Just keep yeah. redoing no. it as many times as you got to redo it, but don't tear it down. Tony Cameron no. indoor Cameron indoor was the first place I ever did a Vanderbilt basketball game. And oh, you wow. say, how long ago was that? It was Shashevsky's third year and they wanted him gone. Yeah. Oh, how about that? Can, can I guess how Vanderbilt did in that game? Uh, uh, they lost. There you go. I could have told you that. You know, you you don't win there. That's and but that is true. They they wanted him going early on, which is a, a factoid that not a lot of people probably understand. But yeah, Mike Shashevsky survived there barely. It was a miracle. November of '83, uh, I think it was. Watson, I've hogged wow. too much on nostalgia. Uh, tell me where you want to go with Tony on football. Tony, let's let's just talk Tennessee a little bit. What I think this game coming up, Tony, is for people, you're going to know if the Tennessee if Tennessee wins offensively with a system or with players, because they have lost two of their top receivers and their top quarterback are not playing in the game. And if Tennessee scores, they're going to have to outscore Clemson, which they very well could in this game because Clemson's not going to go up and down the field, I don't think. They haven't on really anybody all year, except late in the year when on my brother. So I will add that to it. Uh, but I think if Tennessee goes up and down the field in this game, it's system. If they struggle in this game, players still are a big part of what goes down in, in college football. Well, I'm afraid I'm afraid players are still a big thing of what goes down in college football. I mean, at the end of the day, 
I've got to have somebody at, at the helm that can get, get people the ball. And this is a real referendum slash opportunity for Joe Milton. Now, I was talking with somebody today. And the one thing the NCAA is letting occur right now is they're letting these kids that are early enrollees go through practice for these bowl games. Yep. That's allowed Tennessee to really get a look at this Nico guy. And, you know, and look, first impressions are lasting. A lot of times coaches can tell if they made recruiting mistakes early on. You know that, Watson, from the standpoint of, you can almost tell right away whether a guy can play or whether he can't. They really feel like they really feel like they have somebody um, in this young man. They oh, they were like, "Wow, this guy's pretty darn good." So it's incumbent upon this um, if he if he wants to, you know, be there, stick there, play there have an impact next year it's important for this young man to um get out there and do his thing uh on the on the field and and look good doing it you know yeah i think this is this is joe's deal right here tony yeah he he has got to perform in this one or i think he'll disappear and people say well he's such a great leader he'll hang around there's no way Joe Milton is going to hang around if a freshman beats him out. There's no way. I, I don't care how good a kid he is. I don't think he does that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is it for Joe. And this what what a big day coming up against a very good defense, but a very good front defense. The secondary now is very average. North Carolina passed for 370-something yards against them in that game. It's amazing you lose 39-10, yep. to 10, but yet you still – move the ball the way they did. Um, I, I just, I think this is Joe's day. And, and if he's got it in him, I think, I think it'll come out because I still think there's enough talent on the outside to make some plays. And uh, because I don't think Clemson is SEC secondary. I don't think they're as good as SEC secondaries are. So we'll see. It's not long off now. I think that's accurate and it isn't far off. And, you know, the one thing is with these games, and you say it, generally it's who wants to be there more. And, you know, Clemson, six of the eight years, has made the playoff. And I wonder, from their standpoint, I mean, they say all the right things. You know, they finally had a couple of opt-outs, which, you know, shows that Davos, when he's like the rest of them. I mean, I know he likes to preach, and they like to preach that they've got some kind of, you know, deal going where they've got these guys in a spell and we're on this thing together and this, that, and the, Hey, listen, listen, we're, we're, we're on, we're on college basketball. We're going college football here. I mean, come on now. Let's, let's relax people. So if you're listening and you're a Clemson fan, you're just like the rest of the college football world, unfortunately. So that said, you have to wonder who's the game mean more to, I think the game means more to Tennessee. But like you said, Watson, what it's going to come down to is, and this is a big question mark, is can my quarterback get the ball to my wide receivers who are going to be open? I don't care. You know, those couple of those frontline guys aren't playing in that game. We've seen enough from Josh Heupel schemes to know that there are capable, capable rather, able 
body guys back there who will be running open. The question becomes, can my quarterback get them the ball enough times to score enough points to, uh, to win a game? Because let, let's face it, Clemson's going to score a bunch of points on Tennessee, too. That freshman can flat out throw the ball around. And look, if Tennessee, Tennessee's had, what, three or four opt-outs in this thing so far? Three, if they take three guys out of their secondary, Watson, and they opt out, would we know the difference? Out of Clemson's secondary? No, out of Tennessee's secondary. I, 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 don't know, I don't know if there'd be a huge difference. Because Thank you. It, it was such a weakness Thank all you. year, Cody. A weakness is a weakness. I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> I just think Tennessee's got to outscore them. And like they have all year, they're yep. going to have to. And can Joe Milton get it done? We're fixing to find out. And honestly, it's one of the best bowl matchups I think there is out there. Has Tennessee sold a bunch of tickets to this? Are they excited and people going? No, I don't think people are going to go like they would have because I think the opt-outs have hurt. And I think the fact that the quarterbacks hurt hurts. But, you know, the crazy thing, guys, is these bowl games, even with the opt-outs, Louisville and Cincinnati had a game the other day with no coaches in it, okay? One head coach gone to the other one, the other head coach left, 2 million viewers. SMU, BYU, 2 million viewers. Oregon State, Florida, 2.4 million viewers for that thing. 2.4 million for Washington State, Fresno State. So, you know, here's the crazy thing about these bowl games. People are opting out. The stars in a lot of cases are missing, and people are still watching. And a bunch of those games were on opposite the NFL. Shows so, what college you know, football means. Yeah. Oh, it means exactly. It's just a sad era that we're living through to see these kids skip these games. It's sad. It is. Tony, uh, okay, so you're driving back from Pennsylvania. Where are you right now? Uh, you know, guys, I, I just know. arrived. No, I just arrived on the outskirts of Knoxville when oh, I hit okay. the traffic. So it is getting on my last nerve. <laughs> well, didn't they know I was coming home? I mean, what is this about here? Yeah, I mean, they need to look. There needs to be an announcement on one of those boards. Basilio yes. back. Get off the road. Well, I need a police escort. No question. You know, we need to no question. And I, I, so. I'm shocked that it, it didn't happen. Hey, Merry no. Christmas to you and your family. We will do this again soon. George. Much love, much appreciation, and I really, 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 my best to you and also Watson and everybody with your team and your listeners this Thank Christmas you. season. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, drive safe. Don't don't back into Thank anybody. You, <laughs> Talk Merry Christmas, Tony. Thank you.